They're not like repugnant like the rowdy teens in right. the reboot. Yeah. Um, they're just like fine <laughs> and repugnant. Like, <laughs> There's like you know they're not loathsome. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week, Slashtober continues. We are taking a trip over to Camp Crystal Lake to talk about Friday the 13th, the original movie and the remake. Yes, in 1980, they made Friday the 13th basically because of the success of Halloween. Right. Which would have come out two years earlier. Mm -hmm. And they thought, hey, that seemed like a an approachable slasher movie. People liked it. It didn't seem like it cost a million bucks. Yeah. Let's do that too. I like to get me some of that. Uh, and so weirdly for a movie that like almost was like an also ran or a copycat right. or something like that at its original premise took off like a shot. It truly did. Jason Voorhees became like the face of the slasher genre for a long time. The spooky hockey mask. Killer. I still think that he and Michael Myers are like neck and neck for Probably like the icons of the slasher genre. Really, and I think so. And what of uh, Freddy Krueger? Um, also what of yes. Him? What of I also yes, and also Ghostface yes. But I think these two are like the the two big bigs. Yeah. For like classic slasher horror movies. Yes. Do you I, not feel that way? Uh, no, I I agree. I actually wouldn't put Ghostface. With I think them. people think that though now. I think when you think about like horror movies, he has also become one of the icons of the genre. Yeah. But I think so I'm talking about general population, but I think that Freddy me, well, I guess maybe I said Freddy by accident, but I think Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees are like the dudes. The daddies. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably true. Mm -hmm. And yet, and yet, beware of spoilers. In Slashtober, right. Jason Voorhees has no part to play, really. No. In the 1980 original Friday the 13th. No, he doesn't. So much so that it was uh, uh, used, His the lack of Jason Voorhees mm -hmm. was used as a gotcha right. in Scream. Right, because he's become so synonymous with Friday the 13th, the franchise, that you would assume that he's obviously in the first one, but not the case. No. Not at least in the the iteration that he became super popular in. Exactly. Yeah. So, like Will said, we're just going to, like, just have a freeform discussion. We're going to spoil everything. So, um, and we're going to talk about them, you know, kind of interchangeably with each other, these two movies. So, if you're worried about spoilers for either the original 1980 mo movie or the 2009 version, um, maybe dip out and watch them and then come back to listen to the episode. Exactly. Um, um, and if you're not worried, then enjoy. Yes. Hang out with us. Uh, so had it been a while since you had seen either one of these, the original or the 2009 one? I've seen the original so many times, right. I think, um, that I'm just super duper familiar with it. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's been... I don't think I saw it recently. Yeah. But I don't know that it was all that long ago either. Right. I ordered the um, Scream Factory, did uh, like an awesome Jason box set. Yeah. That is super it, cool I have looking. It right yeah, grab it. Yeah, it's very neat looking. It's got some like cool like artwork on it. Yeah, it's it's like beautiful. It's like such a cool collector box set. Yeah. I think actually we're not sponsored by Scream Factory. I would love to be. But Absolutely. I think that they have a sale going on right now and this is part of it. Oh, nice. But so every side of this cube has like really cool like horror Friday the 13th artwork and stuff. So mm -hmm. I did go on like a Jason marathon whenever this thing came out. Right. But um, uh, the remake, the 2009 remake, 
boy, I saw it when it came out. Mm-hmm. Saw it a couple of times in between just out of curiosity of being like, what happens in that? Yeah. Is it as bad as I thought it was? That had been right. a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I That sounds about right to me. Um, somewhat similarly, I haven't seen Friday the 13th, the original, like a million times, but I've seen it a bunch and I hadn't seen it in a long time. And I had put on the remake sometime in the last, like, I don't know, six months or something. Oh. And watched part of it and then was like, eh, and like kind of went about my business. I think I just like had it on in the house while I was like cleaning or like doing mm-hmm. something else. So I had like a somewhat recent familiarity with it, but I didn't sit and get super into it. And I understand why. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is, it is baffling. So yeah. like something fun about do, we debated about whether or not we should even do Friday the 13th in this year's slash Tober. Right. Cause it's not just like a straight up remake, the 2009 version. It's like a mashup of the first four movies. Yeah, basically. Yeah. We're all about doing reboots here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, child's play last week, um, the new movie sort of takes the bare concept and spins out in another direction, which was fascinating. This almost has nothing to do with the yeah. original Friday the 13th. It's basically like the prologue to the movie. Yeah. The original Friday the 13th. Because in the 2009 version, they have almost like a cold open that is dealing with Jason's mom, who is the killer of the original movie. And then it like smashes to the title. And then we're just like in Jason land. Which is somewhat interesting, I have to say. It's like yeah. one of the few things in the 2009 movie that I find interesting is the way that they handle the opening. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Jason Voorhees, uh, that is the 12th Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. And last, as of this recording at least. Right. Although there are rumors of a new one. Yeah. And it would be the 13th, Friday the 13th. Which How perfect. Hopefully they do something exciting with it. Yeah. But um, I... I if you're going to reboot... They could just call it the 13th. Call it the 13th? Mm-hmm. Well, the name stuff is all mi- mixed up. I know. Paramount owns part of this. They own the original. They own the the name Friday the 13th. And then New right. Line bought uh, Jason. But that's why all of a sudden the movies stop being called Friday the 13th and start being yeah. called Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday, Jason X. Mm-hmm. Um, this reboot, it, it was like a big team up between a bunch of companies to get the name, get the mask, get it all to happen. Yeah. But um, if you're going to reboot, remake Friday the 13th, it would be silly to remake the 1980 movie because, like you said, Jason's not in it. Right. And um, he's like the guy now. But you also can't ignore the fact that that first movie sets up so much mm-hmm. of who Jason is as a character because he can't talk. Right. He doesn't do anything. Right. Um, and so you need the mother. You need Pamela Voorhees to... Be to, your way in. Yeah. And so taking Pamela Voorhees and saying that, like... Because the cold open of the reboot is, like, uh, it's bizarre. They, these people are almost, like... They're, they're almost n- not characters at all. Right. They basically just are humans put on screen. Mm-hmm. Like, in the original movie, Alice was the final girl. Yeah. Um, and she... Is kind of an interesting character. I wouldn't say the most interesting, like, final girl. Yeah. Pretty, eh. Yeah. But, like, for that movie to judge it on its own terms, like, she faces off against Mrs. Voorhees, and because of that, so I would say alone, because of that, she becomes an interesting character. Exactly. Otherwise, she's just, like, one of the gang who didn't really stand out in any major way. Very true. But when you see the new Alice in the remake, she, her, her hair is not the same, which makes sense. Yeah. She had 70s hair in the 1980 movie, you know, like sort of like feathered out. 
Yeah, but even so, I mean, they're throwing back to that time, so... Yeah, you th- you're right, you're right. Should they have... Like style, but it's just like yeah. some lady in the right. remake. It's just a lady with long hair. Right. And it's like, they didn't even try to make it seem like it was Alice, really. Right. And Mrs. Voorhees gets to say the stuff the audience needs to know, which is like... Uh, You weren't watching him (laughs) while that young boy drowned. She's talking about her son, Jason. And then uh, Alice chops her head off. Right. But in the remake, in the the original, that's it. Yeah. She was the the threat. Yes. And And the threat has been neutralized. Neutralized. At best, we get sort of a a nightmare scene where Alice dreams, they say, of a young boy popping out of the lake and dragging her into the water. Right. In the new movie, in the remake... Jason is watching this event, the ch- the beheading of his mother. He's watching from the shoreline. Right. Which is weird. Yes. He's alive? I know. What 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 incentive would he have had to not have been in touch with his mother? Yes. You know, like right. she probably wouldn't have gone on this spree if she knew that Jason was alive. Right. It's all her spree was predicated on my son drowned. Right. And yet the opening shows us No, he did not. No, he did not. So so, so why why not Jason with mommy? What's going on? I don't know. And then they introduce us to the next group of characters, which are the most obvious. They're like so annoying. Every, everybody in this movie is annoying. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody and everything. I guess Jared Padalecki isn't annoying. He's well, he doesn't just show up there. Yet. No, I know. But you, you said everybody in this movie. Yeah. He's fine. He's he's just kind of doing whatever, basically. Yeah, I wish. I, there, there's so And much his like, friend. Whoever I can't remember what her name is, but she's like. Does he have a friend? Well, no, but you know, it's it's a girl from the group of annoying people oh, who joins and, up with Jared Padalecki. Yeah, and, she, and she's like fine. She's okay and normal, but everybody else is annoying. I agree. Yeah. Um. But so the the after we see Mrs. Voorhees get beheaded, we get a uh, like a bunch of young adults. <laughs> They're not even teens, you know. Like. <laughs> no, you're right. They're it's adults. Just funny. Yeah. And they go camping. Early twenties kids. But one of them has a GPS. Right. To find pot? <laughs> right. I don't know. There are pot fields on on Crystal Lake. Yeah. And he wants to find them. But when he finds them, Jason jealously protects the pot? I don't... I don't... I didn't perceive it to be him protecting the pot. He just kills because he just kills? Yes. That's what I thought. They're just like in Jason territory. Okay. They're they in like the cross place. the in- invisible line. Right. That divides people who can live... From people who will die because Jason's there. It's just, yeah, because they're, like, in the original movie, it's like they're trying to open the camp again. Right. right? And, and so, so that that ignites Pamela Voorhees. Yeah. To be like, no, 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 no. You will no not. No camp opening. Yeah, it seems to be, like, These two people pronged, killed my kid. Where, like, there's almost a, you know, not logical, but there's a train of thought that you can follow, which is, like, I'm going to prevent the camp from opening. Now, the way I've decided to do that is to kill everybody. That's obviously not logical well, and not her, good. She's off her nut. She's off her nut. She's and talking also, to herself as Jay. Remake exactly Pamela that. Voorhees. Yes. Maybe Pamela. A movie called Pamela. Pamela. I like it. By the way, why not? We, There's a movie called Pearl out there right that's now. That's true. We have an episode where my segment is only about Pamela Voorhees. It's like it's very in the on. first ten episodes or yeah. something. It's uh worth finding that and giving a listen. Couldn't I also met the daughter of the woman who played Pamela Voorhees because she was a psychic that I spoke to. Very cool. Yep. In Reading, so, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um now I, I really do think like a, a Pamela Voorhees movie would be, you know, really interesting. Yes, you know how 
there are all the Twilight books. And then there was a book that came out called Midnight Sun that was the events of Twilight told from Ed yeah, Edward's perspective. Do you not know that? No. <laughs> okay. What are we gonna do? Well about now you that? do. <laughs> what do we do with this? There's not a movie, is there? No, there is not. Very well. Right. Nudge, nudge, um, wink, wink. So, anyway, so if there were a movie, but it's told from Pamela Voorhees' perspective, like yeah, the events kind of, of the night of Friday the Thirteenth. Well, there, but her like stalking around. There's a lot. Um, uh, uh, there's a lot about the Friday the Thirteenth franchise that doesn't exist on the page. It exists in like the fans' mm-hmm. minds, which is really enjoyable to me. It's like a hobby of mine to look at stuff and 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 dissect story. And uh, this franchise, a lot of people who would call themselves fans of the franchise um, would say stuff to you like, Pamela Voorhees used the Necronomicon to revive her drowned son. Right. And that's why he's a big hulking monster man who can't be killed. Right. Because Jason is a deadite. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes people will say, well, yeah, Pamela Voorhees and Elias Voorhees uh were jason's parents and like they, they had they have all this knowledge that's right and we went into this in an episode i can't remember what it's called but yeah. there is an episode of guides the unknown it might be about jason or right, something yeah. um where we talk about that sort of like fan fiction element and it's become almost uh um indiscernible from the actual canon of the films right Mm -hmm. it almost seems like people seem to take a lot of that kind of stuff as law yeah and it might be from a uh, you know maybe it's from a comic maybe it's from a book i can't really speak to those kinds of angles but i've heard enough people talk about because in jason's dead jason goes to hell the final friday right the necronomicon (laughs) is in that movie and there's like a Kandarian dagger. This, oh, is, okay. this is Evil Dead stuff. Mm-hmm. Evil Dead monsters are called Deadites. Right. Um, and so it is sort of, uh, it does exist on screen a little bit. You could infer from the movie itself, like, well, why is that in the Voorhees home? Is that why Jason yeah. is some other that creature? That explains it. But um, if you're going to remake this, my, my entire point of bringing up all that bizarreness mm-hmm. is to be like, if you're going to remake Friday the 13th, why not take an opportunity to totally. tighten up? This is something we've talked about for years. And, and years. also engage with that sort of like fun. <laughs> yeah. What, fun what happened to you? <laughs> I don't know. I Something happened where I clicked on a video of Tito Puente. Okay. Um, Kristen's Chris, Chris, Chris somewhere else, everybody. No, I'm trying to find Who's that. Tito Puente. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just talk about Tito Puente. I don't know. I'm trying to find... Okay. Ep- this might be it. Ep- Guide to Unknown episode 152, Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees. Oh, uh, okay. That might be what I'm referring to where we talk about all of the like fan Elias lore. Voorhees. Right. Necronomicon could be there. Right. That's what I was doing when I somehow uh, ended, on, ended up on Tito Puente. Very well. Yeah. Well, that's important too. Right. But um, like if you're going to reboot, remake, whatever you... Whatever this is, mm-hmm. take a shot at tightening tightening up because it is it is confusing pamela vor campers weren't the the camp counselors weren't watching as jason who has some sort of a facial deformation right cognitive impairment i think so i think she says something like he was a special boy she says yeah right so i I think something is they were making love while that young boy drowned (laughs) i think it's it's something she calls it making love I mean, everybody called it making love back then. Like, yeah, but it, it implies yeah. tenderness rather than like I know. But for they some were being reason, animalistic. They were they were 
being like jackrabbits. For some reason in the 70s, I feel like they only referred to it as making love. Yeah, like somebody would ask, like, if you want to make love <laughs> when they when they mean. Chef South <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, But so, like, she says, you know, he drowned. And then in the second movie, which takes place five years later. Right. He's, like, in his 30s. He's out and about, and yeah. He's huge. And- Quite hulking. With a bag on his head. No hockey mm-hmm. mask until the third movie. Right. Uh, and then he's killed in the fourth movie and revived in the sixth movie uh-huh. as a zombie. What? Yeah, I don't Take know. A- I haven't seen that far, actually. Oh, the sixth, the sixth is my favorite one. I know. You told me. I'll get to it eventually. Jason Lives. Mm-hmm. It is outstanding. It is the not the first. It is, it is a very fun horror comedy. It's a yeah. meta. The characters in the movie literally say, I've seen enough horror movies to know... When you see a guy like that, you go the other way. Yeah. It's like a little scream before, a decade before. Yeah. Scream. But um, uh, we, we've talked a lot about, like, on our old podcast, too. Mm-hmm. If you're going to make a movie out of existing material, whether you're adapting a book or whether you're remaking something that happened before, this is your big shot. Right. This is your shot at another draft. Mm-hmm. Let's tighten this up. Tighten it Why up, not? dude. Tighten it up. Tighten it up or make it cooler. Pamela Voorhees. Um, uh, um, was she into the dark arts? Okay. I, I, I don't know that I really there's, want that. But There's you, nothing to indicate that. No. And, yeah. But you could say, you know, it could be that Jason drowned and she went wild looking for anything to undo. Right. right? It, like maybe she did explore yeah. the dark trying to see if anything would work and it didn't. That it kind of works. Work. Jason is still dead. And also you could, my... you could keep tying it to the camp and stuff if you say that there's some sort of like, I don't know, occult history on that land. The place where he died is yeah. significant. Right. Something. And that could also explain why he comes back. Sure. Why he stalks that Who land. knows? But it could also be, then it can remain, don't open the camp again, I'll kill you. Because mm-hmm. uh, my son is still dead. Little does she know yeah. when she's beheaded. That is like the last step in the ritual that does revive him. Right. And so therefore her death does bring him back in right. a way or something. And, and boom. The, the, I, don't, I don't know. Like done, done right, done well, I could get into all of that. Like that sounds fun. It's, I'm not saying that's good. I'm saying that's something. That sounds kind of fun. I feel like something. if somebody made it well, yeah. I could be like, all right, that's crazy. And I'm into it. Yeah. Here's a weird reference point. Romeo plus Juliet with Leonardo uh-huh. DiCaprio and Claire Danes. Yes. I'm she, always ready for this reference point. She, in Romeo and Juliet, spoilers for Romeo and Juliet <laughs> by Bill Shakespeare. <laughs> Congratulations, Bill, on your fun story. Yeah. She, they kill themselves. Right. They each take poison. But weirdly, Juliet takes poison that makes her look like she's dead. Mm-hmm. Romeo does not know that she only looks dead. So he takes poison himself. Yeah. In Romeo plus Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes, they stage it so that he drinks poison as she wakes up. Right. From the, the spell. Brutal. And she and it's too late. Yeah. He's alive as he realizes, oh no, she's fine, and I just killed myself. Right. So that pushes her to take the poison. Uh Pamela Voorhees has been trying to revive her dead son. Mm-hmm. It isn't working. The, the last time that she tries is it's it's the final straw. It's the last thing that she can try and it still didn't work. And so she goes out looking for blood. Yeah. Uh, not realizing that while she's out looking for blood, he is 
It's a gradual process. Yes, and he he's being re-knit together. You had succeeded, Pamela. Yeah. If only you'd waited. A great tragedy. A great, the great, one of the great tragedies of our time. Yes. And so Jason does show up on the shoreline to see his mother beheaded. Mm-hmm. And that sends him off on his own tangent. Perhaps this is what all happened before the events of the Friday the 13th remake. Well, but that's what I'm saying. I know. Like, why, why, why not make an attempt at... Something. Something. So, at any, really anything. Rather than just like a very fast recap of the finale of the original movie. Literally, we've got two minutes to spend on Pamela Voorhees and mm-hmm. get her out of here. Right. Um, but then we meet our second characters who are all about finding that pot. Yeah. Um, and nudite. Yes. They're all about grass. They're all about a good time. Nudite and crudite. Yeah. Right? Abs- oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Vile weed. <laughs> yes. And doing the deed. <laughs> wow. Hmm? Wow, you're good at this. In the sack or hungry for snack because you smoked and you got the munchies. <laughs> got the munchies or up in them bunchies? <laughs> those undies. When your undies are all bunched up. <laughs> and each, any one of these are things that people can use. I mean, is yeah. Netflix and Chill retired? They're out these. there. Um, but, um, licensed by Guide to the Unknown. Yes. But, uh, th- he kills everybody there, and then now we smash cut to the title card. Oh, okay. And I, l- conceptually, mm-hmm. it's a double fake out like Scream 4. Right. We're seeing something happen, and everyone dies, and then we smash to new characters. So these must be our main characters. Yeah. They all die. Nope. S- title card. Right. Oh. And you could argue that the remake of Friday the 13th does an interesting lead up to being like, we're not telling the first movie. Mm -hmm. We're telling the third movie. Yeah. You know, we're going to jump to, we're going to presume this is like a later sequel. Right. Where the characters are kind of paper thin and you don't really care. Right. It's just all about Jason. It's That's what we're making. Yeah. And so it almost succeeds on that level. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, it goes through like some of the beats of the previous movies. Obviously, like, obviously, like we said, Pamela Voorhees. He even shows up with um, a bag on his head at first. He doesn't have the mask yet. He finds right. it while dispatching Chewie, um, beloved character. Of no, that movie. you've got it all wrong. I'm offended. Do I? Yes, you do. Chewie is playing with hockey equipment, and he offers it to Jason, and he said, "Here, it completes your ensemble." No, I'm talking about the remake. I know. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. What are you talking about? I watched it twice. What? No. No, I watched him pick up the mask. You, he didn't get it from Chewie. But he killed Chewie. He did kill Chewie. I'm saying he killed Chewie and then he picked up the mask. He did not. No, he had the mask on already. Oh. You're well. going to have to watch it. A second time, like me. Oh, okay. Excuse me. He kills somebody, and then he just like sees the mask in the like garage or he something. He kills that guy. And he just puts it on. He kills that guy who licks magazines and talks to a dummy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He kills okay. that character in a movie. Okay. That realistic human being that's yeah, in this film. Right, who's, who is recognizable to me as a human being walking and talking in this world. He kills him, I guess, and then gets the mask. What do you mean Chewie gives him the mask and says, um... No, Chewie's holding a hockey, <laughs> a hockey stick. <laughs> I, this is this movie sucks, everybody. Yeah, it this does. movie sucks. Yeah, I mean, if you saw reason. it, you know, you might know what we're talking about. If you didn't see it, you might be lost. Mm-hmm. Jason Voorhees has the bag on his head. He gets the mask from killing an idiot. Right. And now he's got hockey mask. He he am become Jason. Yes. Chewie is a character named by played by Ronnie Yu. 
Is that his name? He's in a lot yeah. of these Platinum Dunes. Oh, I didn't recognize him. I don't know. Yeah, he was at the time. He was in a lot of these things, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he uh, breaks something. Yeah, in a fancy house, and the uptight man who owns the fancy house says, "Go to the garage. Go." Oh, get- it's a chair. He's like, "That's my dad's favorite chair." Yeah, go to the garage to get tools to fix this chair, Chewy. Yeah. So Chewy goes to the garage and stays there for a very long time, yes. walking around, talking to himself, looking at stuff. Picks up a hockey stick that he finds and starts playing hockey in there alone. Yeah. As Jason appears, and he goes. Oh, dude, you scared me. He's like stoner. He keeps a bong in a case, mm-hmm. like a like the like a like nuclear codes. <laughs> He's got a case with like yeah. st- with foam that he cut out of space for the bong. Yeah, it's got a name. They're very delicate. <laughs> so he sees Jason. He goes, "Whoa, dude! Here, this is for you." He hands him the hockey stick. He goes, "Completes right. the look." Right. Okay. And then Jason kills him. It's a hilarious joke. Right. 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 Okay. I gotcha. That is what happens. Please get it right. I, hopefully going forward, I will, but no promises. Fine. Um, so, you know, we're, 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 we're talking out of time here. I'd like to jump back now to the original. Yeah. D- how did you feel about the original upon this watch? I, I'm, I'm fine with the original. I, I, there are a lot of things that I like about it. There's also a, there's a blandness to it. Yeah, I thought it was kind of blah. Mm-hmm. It also, you know, anything you do or watch like takes on the context of everything else that you're doing around that time. Sure. And I don't know if it's partially because we just watched Chucky, which is like distinctly not, or, you know, Child's Play, which is distinctly not blah. It has a character. Yeah, very much so. Um, I, and I, like I said, I've seen this movie a whole bunch of times. I think of myself as really liking it. But while I was watching the original, I was like, this is kind of like boring a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I texted so. you and I was like, this is sort of dull. The only thing worth comparing it to, I think, are lesser slashers mm-hmm. and Halloween. Yeah. Halloween came out in 1978 and is also very, 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 very slow to the point that right. I have heard people today seeing it for the first time say, nothing really happens. It's kind of blah. And yeah, that too. I really click with it. I really like that movie. I feel the same way. I can totally see a comparison between the two mm-hmm. as far as saying that, like not a lot is going on, but That's I the don't. Race. That's the comparative. Yeah. I don't feel that way about Halloween. Right. And then I definitely did feel this way about Friday the 13th, where I was just kind of like, all right. Yeah. The characters are uh, a lot sillier. Yeah. They're, and they're, you're they're, spending less time with them on kind of like a, mm-hmm. a get to know them sort of basis. So they're sort of like a whole bunch of interchangeable like rowdy teens they're not like repugnant like the rowdy teens in right. the reboot yeah. um they're just like fine <laughs> and like, repugnant <laughs> there's like you know they're not loathsome right exactly which is a, a pro yeah, like that goes in the the it's win column a check for the win column not loathsome. um and they're just like they're just like fine kevin bacon is there mm-hmm. it's his first movie there's something going on with Kevin Bacon's wiener in this movie. Have you seen stuff about this? Okay. I'm interested. Okay. So, and I think that he's addressed it somewhere, somehow. But there's... Is he addressed right? <laughs> <laughs> Is there some sort of malfunction? No, there seems... I, I believe he might have talked about it on Howard Stern. I couldn't find the quote. but I remember him talking about this. And I think I was just, like, straight up listening. I think he's wearing some sort of, like, contraption underneath his, like, bikini briefs. That he's like it's like his swimsuit, like he's wearing like a speedo or whatever. It's some sort of contraption that is blunting the end of okay. his wiener, and so it looks weird. 
Okay. And so I saw people on Reddit describing it as it looks like it's chopped in half. It looks like a pig snout. Ah, <laughs> yes, I see. I see what's going on. Things like this. I have a Reddit uh, thread here posted by I'm here for the short haul titled every time this is what i yeah every time i see friday the 13th i'm more scared by kevin bacon's bacon than by the rest of the movie and there are arrows pointing to his junk and it just says what the hell <laughs> it does look because he's wearing a speedo right quite tight this blue speedo it looks like there's a baboon in there yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. it's not normal no it's, it's not normal there's um there's he's, something he's in there. got something in there that's like making it look funny something and we can also in. confirm that because he has gone whole hog in uh what's it called kevin bacon going whole hog about his <laughs> uh, his bacon yes this is all great in uh this in, is all great fodder for comedy in wild things that movie he's in uh, that yeah uh-huh and you see his bacon in that and it there's nothing wrong with it <laughs> So it's a distinctive thing in Friday the 13th. There's something wrong with the like literal equipment. I'm not speaking euphemistically. Whatever they were using for his like modesty went awry. No, yeah, it's not terribly modest. It's perplexing. Yeah, it's more confusing than anything. Uh, And he's aware of it and has joked about it. Do you think that he did that? Uh, shot and wild thing to prove that there's not a problem. <laughs> maybe, maybe I mean, you know, it had to be 30 years later, but maybe this has been eating at him. And so, <laughs> just so you know, yeah. this is what's going on. It's fine and it's normal. I've got it under control now, and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he says that in the movie. Looks at the camera. <laughs> He says these things out loud. It's fine. I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm normal. (laughs) The movie grinds to a halt. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's grinding all right, that movie. But um, (laughs) that's the movie, if you don't know, that is with um, Nev Campbell and Denise Richards. And they very famously have a threesome with Matt Dillon. That's like the whole thing about that movie, basically. I can picture the poster. Yeah, I know. It's them in a pool. Yep. I've never seen it. I have. I don't really remember anything about it except for like what you know about it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like a mystery, like a noir kind of thing. Is it? Yeah, I think it, looks it like is. Looks like Celebration the film. I think it's also Celebration the film, but I I don't it, know. It, that ain't right. <laughs> I think it was. I don't remember what I thought about it, Filth. but anyway. Filth. I. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, he is one of a group of teens where you're just yeah. like, okay, it's just like a bunch of teens who I don't really know. Yeah. If if Halloween is about Laurie Strode, yeah, and it is totally. Um, she's the main character, as much as there are others. Friday the Thirteenth is a, a weird ensemble, but Each like, not even, like, do you know any of their name? No names. You know, you I, don't. There is a bizarre trend because I watched I watched Friday the Thirteenth mm-hmm. Part Two, Part Three, Part Four, and the reboot. For right. Um, there is a Ned, a Ted. <laughs> They're all the annoying characters. Uh-huh. The, like the the silly guy who yeah, dances around with a headdress on. Yep. Screaming in the original movie. I think that's Ned. I think you're right. That... And then there's Ted in the fourth one for sure. Is he also He's annoying? annoying. Yeah. Hmm. And there, it, I'm, I'm, it's all Eds. Yeah. Maybe there's an Ed. I don't know. Huh, maybe. But, but they're all irritating. And then in the third one, it's Shelly, which is weird. <laughs> but Shelly. Oh, I remember Shelly. Shelly is such a pain yes. in the ass. He is a mope. Yeah, I'm but, well and aware. And he's where Jason gets the hockey mask. Mm-hmm. He's pranking people to scare them, and he puts on a hockey mask to scare somebody, and then Jason takes it and becomes 
the icon. I do not like a merry prankster. And then in the new, in the remake, the 2009 remake, it's also an idiot that gives him the mask. Yeah. In no timeline does Jason get his hockey mask from somebody who's not the most annoying thing I've ever seen. Well, wait, I know I'm bringing back to the scene, but doesn't Jason just pick up the mask? That annoying guy, he really gives it to him? He doesn't give it Why to him. Why have I like blanked this out? He wouldn't get it if not for going to kill the annoying Oh, right. Guy. You know but what I mean? So, so he's the yeah. vehicle by which Jason uh, gets the mask. But yeah. it's not like he's says here you go right okay my friend yeah but still it's he doesn't give it to him and just really quickly yeah i just want to explain this man <laughs> okay there's a man yeah he's a horrible man in the remake he's disgusting looks like he's like 23 yeah 22 yeah and he acts like he is i don't know in his 70s and has lived off the land for his entire <laughs> life and yet his voice is high. He's away from society in every possible way. He's broken from our conventions. Yeah, oh, entirely. And he he goes like he goes like, "Oh, what are you doing here?" When a character shows up, and he's like, "Oh man, somebody's been stealing Mr. McGillicuddy's propane." And like, <laughs> yeah. what? What are you talking about? You're you're just saying that so that we can theorize something, right? And then uh, I have at least one of the lines that he says. Okay. Um, I think that somebody kind of like sneaks up on him, and he says, "You got this close to hitting the start button on the whoop ass machine, boy." Oh, I hate I hate this kind of humor. <laughs> it's terrible. I hate this kind and then of humor. It just kept happening. Like he said something else that I started to write down. Then I was like, I'm just gonna be writing down quotes from this disgusting man for this whole time. I'm yeah, just gonna, gonna write let down it go. everything he says. Right. He is uh, uh the, the absolute worst of the worst yes and then at one point they cut to him and he's alone and he's reading a, a nudity magazine mm -hmm. and uh he licks the magazine he's disgusting which is something no human does no and then he hears something upstairs so he goes up there and there's a mannequin a nude mannequin and he goes oh it's just you uh it's good to see you again you remember when you took my virginity that like mannequin? physiologically i'm not sure what that would be i mean i, I i'm giving i'm putting a lot of thought into this but i i, per, I think Which perhaps the, you know the has... filmmakers put zero thought into it aside yes. from that's so funny bro <laughs> right May lol that's definitely going in the movie did, is he is he projecting a real life woman who actually did take his virginity quote unquote onto this mannequin now he just calls this mannequin well, so, sherry or whatever its name is you so, know what I mean? so what's up with him is he out of his mind Everything would indicate that, yes. But, but, but it's, it's so, okay. <laughs> All signs point to yes. It's horrible. It's, it's horrible. terrible. Um, um do, you know, do you have anything else to say about this guy? Well, I mean, the answer is yes. He, but he, he sees Jason without the mask and he goes, oh, that, that shit ain't right, dude. And oh, I'm like, well, that's right. also not part of the guy that's like, start, you almost fired up the whoop ass machine. Yeah. Wouldn't be like, that ain't right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He might Maybe, actually, but it's just like it's just like lame dialogue. And I have a I have a quote here from the producers where they're like, "The biggest thing that we wanted to do <laughs> was make this guy awesome." While Shannon and Swift began writing the script for Friday the Thirteenth, they imposed some rules based on their experience of writing Freddy versus Jason. They wanted their teenage characters to quote sound normal. Oh God, really? That was the that was that's literally what they said they wanted to do, and they <laughs> that's. <laughs> failed that's such a funny way to phrase it because it's the exact opposite of what happened now it may not be their fault right like there could be a lot of studio interference there could of be improving. there could be like no, no we need these characters to be lol hilarious of course but it's 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 horrible for that comment to be out there right for, and that's and like they're a, anything but normal we wanted them to be normal yeah 
horrible news for you i saw it uh well well i think that before we return to this extremely abnormal world of friday the 13th yes we need to talk about we need a safe place yes we do where can we go we need a safe place to land i absolutely do know the destination for safety but also excitement yes is debbie draws funny.com debbie draws funny.com that's right now we have been telling you about debbie draws funny a lot lately this is a stationary business that's available online and in 700 shops across the u.s and canada and you out there listening and watching are smarty pants so you have been shopping and joining debbie's patreon which rules yes as you should be mm-hmm. because debbie hand draws Every single greeting card, sticker, tote bag, and it covers a variety of subject matters from your favorites of the 80s and 90s to horror classics and more. As a matter of fact, Debbie recently added true crime and paranormal and nostalgia and pop culture to the category options on her site because she just has that much that fans of this show would be into. For sure. Debbie Draws Funny has been featured in Glamour Magazine, Pop Sugar, New York Times, and Dateline even liked and commented on her Keith Morrison line of greeting cards, which is never going to stop being huge to me. That's right. Yeah. Let's talk about that Patreon. Mm-hmm. It's patreon.com slash Debbie Draws Funny. That's D-E-B-B-I-E Draws Funny. There are tiers starting as low as $3 going up to $15, uh, where you're going to receive a monthly exclusive art print and sticker in the mail let's check out october's exclusive sticker and print i'm throwing it up on the screen for people who are watching and we'll describe it for everybody listening yes so this is a super colorful really like fun and cheerful looking but also with a twist i would say oh yeah um drawing of a barn owl and i actually so you know obviously because we do these ads debbie and we are in communication by email and debbie described this we've made contact with debbie (laughs) um debbie described the october bonuses for the patreon to us and i i thought it was so funny what she wrote i asked if it was okay that we share it in the ad and she said yes so this is what uh debbie had said to us it's a little bit out there yes that's a barn owl holding a dead mouse but hear me out it's based on a reference photo i used and there's an honest to god dead mouse in the photo i just had to leave it in It's a little dark, it's a little weird, and isn't that what owls are anyway? Dark and weird and maybe aliens? Certainly, yes. Oh my god, yes. There <laughs> but, is a long history, a heritage oh, within yeah. owls and the, the paranormal. Absolutely. But she took that like darkness and yep. weirdness and maybe alienness and makes it like poppy and mm-hmm. bright and colorful, but still with that core of like, ooh, spooky. And it's just super awesome. It looks so cool. Yeah. Who doesn't love an owl? And also Absolutely. just like, there's one, the beauty of nature. But also the viciousness yes. of the of the circle of life. That owl's got to get food somewhere. And in this case, it's that little mousy. Yeah. But also for us and for our little guides out there, owls obviously have come up a lot on this show. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're, they're famously pointed to for the Mothman sightings. Yep. But also, I happen to know that barn owls make a sound. <laughs> Look this up. Yeah. Google barn owl human scream. It's horrifying. I genuinely believe this to be a source of many like ghost sightings and Absolutely. horror stories out there. I've used this in storytelling when we did Blair Witch for Hunt a Killer. Mm-hmm. I used the sound of a barn owl uh, because they sound like a woman screaming out there in the night. Right. It is alarming in the extreme. Everything about owls 
are both beautiful <laughs> and strange. And Debbie wraps all that up in a print that's exclusive to patreon.com slash Debbie Draws Funny and a sticker. Yes. So use promo code GTTUPod for 20% off your order at DebbieDrawsFunny.com. And for exclusive bonuses, join the fun at patreon.com slash Debbie Draws Funny. That's right. Thank Boom. you so much, Debbie. Everybody go check out her stuff. Thank you, Debbie. Enjoy, everybody. And uh, reminder, Sunday, October 23rd, 1 p.m. Eastern, Guide to the Unknown is going live mm -hmm. for a big, fun uh, 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 demon drive, as we're calling it, uh, to keep Guide to the Unknown fresh and alive and to share our love of the weird and strange with all of you. We're going to be doing a few hours yeah. together um, as Kristen and I share footage from a recent adventure that we went on, mm -hmm. unveil some new bonuses that are going to end up in the Patreon, yep. uh, and uh, invite all of you to come with us for, for all of it on patreon.com slash pod. If you're currently on the demon tier, you're going to get all of this. Yes. But we encourage you to come anyway. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to see a lot of stuff you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. Oh, such wonders. Oh, my. And it's already in the can. Yeah. We've already got it. Absolutely. Will and I, um, on October 1st, kicking off the month, went and did a paranormal investigation at a historical home in New Jersey that is to be undisclosed. We're not allowed to say where we... This is true. Yes. We are not allowed to say where we went. We went on a ghost hunt there. That's right. Because what they said was that anytime... Like, I don't know, it's been public or people get wind that this home is haunted, then they start to kind of get sworn by people who are just showing up outside of the hours that you're supposed to go and pursued by um, like ghost TV shows and stuff. And they just don't want it. They just yep. happen to have an arrangement with a particular paranormal investigator group in New Jersey where they do these ghost hunts every once in a while. But besides that, they don't want it to have this sort of attention. So Will and I went on this ghost hunt and recorded audio of the entire thing. We have, we literally have hours and hours of audio for all of our experiences. And so we're going to be talking about what we, what we saw yeah. and what we heard. And we're going to be doing it in this live stream mm -hmm. among other things, a lot of games, right. A lot of uh, shenanigans. You can yep. all uh, disrupt us and stuff and force us to shove marshmallows into our faces or put on makeup or whatever. Yeah, what Will's referring to is that during the stream, if you decide to donate money, there we're going to have options for things that you can choose for us to do because you donated. Yes. And so some of those might be stopping what we're doing and having a marshmallow <laughs> face shoving contest. Yeah. Things like this. It's going to be it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be fun. It's going to be spooky and ghostly, and it all helps us. Uh, keep Guide to the Unknown uh, fresh and and healthy, and let's yeah, us keep and independent, independent and investing in in hopefully doing more Guide to the Unknown stuff. Yeah. So we hope that you join us October twenty third, one p.m. Eastern. YouTube.com slash GTTUPod. Uh, there's more than the paranormal stuff too. Yeah. Um, it's uh uh hours hours of stuff Chris and I have already done. Yeah. And I cannot wait to unleash it to all of you. But Me you'll too. have to find out then. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Back Let's to the show. Talk about Friday the 13th. More. The show. Um, Jason. Yes. As a guy. <laughs> as a guy. Yeah. As a man. Yeah. What's he up to? I don't know exactly. Um, what would you say his deal is? 
Hard to say. I mean, he seems to be, and we can only talk about him in terms really of the the remake in this case because he's not really in the first movie, the original. Right. He seems to be a killing machine with um a number of skills to draw from. He's a real marksman. In this one, he is. Yeah. yeah in the remake, um, so they reference Kevin Bacon's death, which was done by um Arrow, like from Bow and Arrows. Uh, that you might be playing with in camp. Yeah, or but whatever. he uses it as like a stabbing device. Kevin in Bacon is killed one. in the yeah. original movie. He's lying in bed and an arrow comes through the mattress underneath and out through his throat. Right. It's not like he got shot with a bow and arrow. No, but I still think they use a bow and arrow in the remake as a reference to that. Okay. No? Right. I don't know. I, I, the remake is so odd because they uh, uh, the depiction of Jason, to me... Like, if, if you don't know anything about Friday the 13th, I would still say he's like a lumbering, kind of slow yeah. dude with a machete. Right. Specifically. That's I think, what most people accept. Um, when you go back and you watch the originals, and this is why I watched parts two, three, and four, mm-hmm. is to see that that's largely the Jason that's being rebooted. Yeah. Right? Because later on in the series, he becomes like a zombie. and Yep. Goes to space and becomes Uber Jason. Goes to Manhattan. Metal, sure. Yeah. Um, he does run. He jogs mm-hmm. in the original. Yeah, he'll move at a decent clip. Yeah. And at one point, he does shoot a harpoon gun into a person's face. Yeah. So he has done stuff like okay. that before. But in the new movie, he's like setting bear traps <laughs> yeah. and running, sprinting, like like booking it. Yes, he's definitely hauling ass. Um, but I, also, I, like, he shoots that guy with an arrow who's a moving target from, like, yeah. very far away. It's like a dude driving a boat. Yeah, it's a, it's a guy from Veronica Mars and Party Down. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Ryan Hansen. And, and Jason gets him good. Oh yeah, he gets him right in the the mush, right in the dome. Yep. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Jason's deal is, is hard to pin down because that implies to me like all these abilities is like right. he is like the the uh, he's more than man. I know he does seem to be the ultimate that... outdoorsman. <laughs> you're absolutely you're absolutely right. What Tim Allen and Al Borland. <laughs> wish they were yes he's aspirational indeed maybe it's what Um, wilson was that's why he wouldn't show his face maybe Maybe. that's true i also don't understand what's going on with him capturing that girl who looks like his mom yes this is is a jason that we haven't seen before so he's he's like usually he's just a killing machine kind of like devoid of feeling there's obviously some sort of motivation but we don't know what it is in this he takes from the original batch of like the stoner kids or whatever right it, she's from that first group yes. yeah she's, well mm-hmm. the first thing is pamela Voorhees. yeah then flash forward i think 20 years or something they say in this one mm-hmm. uh and it's a bunch of kids who have pot and 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 pot uh, gps yeah pot gps so she there's this girl who's part of that group of pot gps kids who he kills all of them except for her takes her takes her and chains her up in like his lair an underground labyrinth of tunnels underneath the camp right and so number one what's up with that what is that number two i don't totally understand how she figures out that it's because she looks like his mom there's a locket oh the locket yeah yeah yeah. that's right which is the classic horror trope that shorthand you would think nobody would right D- except 
it's just a shortcut. Yeah. In in a modern movie, yeah. you know, is the the like I look just like her. Right. You know, like to the point that like it could almost be in scary movie of like right. my god, I found a photo in this locket. I look nothing like them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this won't have anything to do with me. That would happen to me because people are always telling me I look like people and then showing me the person I look like. And I'm like, huh. It's like just somebody who has tattoos and glasses. But um, yeah, I know. It's it's just it's happened constantly. It feels like. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it it just doesn't make sense. Like, what's his motivation with her? What does he want with her? By the way, does he want a new mother? Because he, he doesn't keeps her communicate. Up. Right. He he keeps her chained up. He doesn't communicate anything to her. The closest we get to like some sort of something understanding is that she at one point like speaks to him and is stern with him the way that a mother would be, and he's responsive to that. So that in part two, there's a character mm-hmm. named Ginny. She's our new Oh, right, right, right. Yep. She is uh studying child psychology. And right. she has interesting no, this scenes. is sweet. She yeah, has yeah, interesting yeah. scenes in that movie where she's like, what would seeing your mother be killed do to you? Do, do to a child who has no ability to understand the meaning of death. Yeah. He would see that she was killed for doing something, admittedly misguided, murdering people, but she was doing it because she loved him. Right. How, what, how would he internalize all of that? Like, it's interesting. She no, In the second good. movie, they try to get into the psychology of Jason. I like the second movie. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's, it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at the end of the movie, she finds Mrs. Voorhees. He's, Jason has made yeah. a tableau. Yes. As our mother would say. Absolutely. Mrs. Rogers. Yeah. Um, and in the the centerpiece is Mrs. Voorhees's head. Yeah. And her clothes? Yes. They're just like laid out like the rest of her, like disintegrated to dust. Yeah. But her head is like sitting atop it's them. It's weird. Yeah. But so it's Ginny. Awesome, Ginny, honestly. It, it's great. And the and the head, I could swear, is a human performer wearing like prosthetics. You almost expect the eyes to open. I don't it remember. looks very weird. But Ginny puts on Mrs. Voorhees's sweater. Right. And then goes, Jason, you've done very well, but I want you to stop now. Mm-hmm. Jason, I'm talking to you. And it throws him. Yeah. Because the, by all indication, he has a hard time with uh, stuff. Yeah. So this movie sort of purports to do that. I look like Mrs. Voorhees, so I can tell Jason to stop. Right. Um, but but I, we just never understand what his motivation for all this and w- what the deal is. Like, that yeah. gives us a little window into, like, he's got respect for Mama. Yeah. But besides that, like, I mean. I, nothing. What's going on? Got nothing. He keeps Mrs. Did you notice he keeps his mother's head still? He still has the head, but instead of having a, a cool little diorama. Oh, right, right, right. Yep. He keeps her head in a hole above his yes. toilet. Yes. I know. Not, not quite the place of respect in the home yeah. that you might expect it to be. Maybe, like... You know, there there are some celebrities who have won awards who keep their awards in the bathroom because they say it humbles them or something, or like Stay brings humble. it down a little bit. Sure, okay. per- perhaps that's what he's doing here. Is she a trophy? <laughs> no, she's she. No, she, I think it's just a memento. Yeah, a, a warning or yeah. a or uh, something that motivates him. Right. This is why. What you a know, totem. you have those days where you get up out of bed and you don't feel like killing. Yeah. And then you see mom's head, and you're like, "That's right. This is what it's for." This, this is, is what, what it's, it's all, all about. for. Mm-hmm. And then you get out there and you grab your machete, you get to goddamn work. Yeah. Uh, but no, or your bear the... trap. Sure. Or your bow and arrow. Uh, or absolutely. your crossbow or mm-hmm. something. Your running boots. Yeah. Uh, he keeps her above the toilet. Mm-hmm. The turlet. 
don't know. The message that sends except, ooh, yucky. Yeah, and yeah this part with, of the tunnels is yucky. They go with conventional spooky grossness, where it's like, he's got a baby doll, and it's missing an eye yeah. in there, and it's like, all right. There are spooky townspeople who are like, leave him alone. Yeah, that's never like they expounded do like a, upon. Like it's like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre sort of thing. The genesis for this movie was yeah. our Texas Chainsaw reboot was successful. Let's do it again with Jason. Yeah. But they sort of just like used the same research or the same creative impetus. Mm-hmm. The the townsfolk in Texas Chainsaw, no matter where you go, they're on Leatherface's side. Yeah. Here it's almost like everybody's willing to turn a blind eye to mm-hmm. Jason to stay out of trouble. Which yeah. is very similar to being in it on it with them because they're not Definitely. saving these kids from uh, from being killed yeah they kind of like will say like you should stay out of there or something but that's pretty much it they're, they're not just, gonna like turn him in or try right. to i don't know try to stop him so it all just plays as conventional creepy old lady in a house being yeah. like well just don't piss him off right. it's like well she's nothing like this is the same character i saw this character in jeepers creepers yeah i've seen these characters it's in like everywhere. everything where's crazy ralph yeah what do you think about crazy ralph from the original <laughs> you'll never come back again it's got a death curse i like crazy Ralph. and then he gets on a bicycle a bicycle and rides away this, this guy's something else he's I gotta say, Dynamite. I think I forget about Crazy Ralph every time, and he, he catches me off guard He's got that time. it factor. That guy pops off the screen. Now that's what I'm looking for. Uh-huh. He's the omen. He's the harbinger. He you warns know what? the kids. We're saying we don't know any of the kids' names. They're all interchangeable. Guess whose name we know? Crazy Ralph. Crazy Ralph. Yeah. You're doomed. And, and pe- You're all doomed. People <laughs> You're doomed. You're doomed. The amount of times that he says, you're doomed. You're all doomed. <laughs> Just keeps going. Constant. And, then and everybody's talking about him. Now, you know what I mean? More... The cop's talking about him who stops by. He's fantastic. This guy is a local celebrity. He's got it He's going fantastic. On. Dispatched in part two. Yeah. Big it's mistake. It's a mistake. Bring him back. Absolutely. More However you need to do it, Ralph. I'm open to it. By the way. Especially if something somehow down the line takes our idea well not our idea really the internet's idea of like occult stuff coming in that sort of motivation let's get crazy ralph rising from the grave maybe crazy ralph is jason's dad maybe that's elias oh my god and so he's got this like doomsday thing in his head about death curses and cults and ralph elias Voorhees. yes exactly no please put down my 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 true name Elias. He looks on the camera. This is for the post credit scene. <laughs> like the end of, um, what's it called? What's the Dark third Batman Rises. movie? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt the entire time is called like... Michael or something. Definitely called Michael. He goes, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 use my real name. It's Robin. Right. Please put down my full name. Robin the Boy Wonder. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, huh? What? Whoa! <laughs> Do you know what that means? Whoa! <laughs> we got it. In a movie we'll never see, he's Robin. <laughs> I know. Like here, like, yeah, do a post-credit uh, scene where he goes, We're Ralph. <laughs> they fell for it. And then he, like, takes off his crazy hat. And, <laughs> what is he? And he opens, like, his jacket and it says Elias. And then <laughs> 1% of the audience goes, Whoa! Yeah. And he just goes, He's Elias! My time to shine. <laughs> what? I'm there for that movie. What is this? Um, but no, like no, he's there, there is dynamite. an opportunity with Crazy Ralph because he's of course. like, it's got a death curse. He knows something's going on. Why does he know that? Why does he know that? Why yeah. does he think that? 
could that be, you could extrapolate, and I'm, again, I'm not saying I, I like this or that it's good, but if you were telling a new version of the story and you want to do it again, but tighten it up. I don't maybe, know if that's tightening it up. Maybe I Pamela, think it's probably having a bit of fun. That's not tighter. But, but <laughs> To bring but, in Crazy Ralph, knowing the origins well, of... But if Jason can't be killed, what is going on? You gotta explain know. how Chucky got in the doll. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You gotta explain what Freddy's doing. And it, so right. many times it's just, what? It's unsatisfying. It's awful. Right. Probably maybe never do it. What do you propose Ralph has done to explain that? No, I think I think he just is like crazy, but also not entirely wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is something. He did witness something one mm-hmm. night. And he, he maybe took it out of context. But there is something crazy going on at Crystal Lake if Jason can wrong, be yeah. drowned and come back. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yes. And a guy going around going, you're dope. You're dope. Might know something fun. about it. And, yeah. it's, and it's fun to see him. Yeah. It's fun to stop by and check I like the look of him. I love him. You know, like he pops out of nowhere. He'll never come back again. <laughs> yeah, he's got a great. big, weird smile. It's got a death curse. <laughs> he's, Another... he's fantastic. I know. Absolutely. I could use more of him. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of other, like, odds Some, and uh, ends. A, a sleazy executive with a cigar going, back it up, back it up. <laughs> now, this guy. Give me more of this. Bring him in. I want to Star talk to quality. This. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing something I like. Yeah. Crazy Ralph. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think of other odds and ends from the first movie. We've talked a whole lot about the remake. Um, is there anything that like stands out to you from the first movie as like I don't know, particularly cool or particularly like anything? One of the things for me is because. I think that I have like a little bit of like a claustrophobia sort of thing mm. is when um the girl who's supposed to be the cook at the camp gets into the car with Pamela Voorhees. We don't know that yet, right. but gets into the car with Pamela, who's going to give her like a lift to the camp. And she starts realizing that something is like very wrong yeah. and tries to get out and like run away and is unsuccessful. That scene sticks with me. That's like, it's kind of like minor in the scheme of the movie, but it's one of the things I think about. When well, for I think a franchise about that gets crazy. Yeah. Where Jason's going to space. The first one is so down to earth mm-hmm. and the killer, it is like a, a pretty effective. I know that, uh, I think it's, is it like the original, like Dario Argento Italian giallo slashers, mm-hmm. the Italian slashers where it's like the killer is always just like wearing black gloves and you don't see who they are. And it's really just a pair of hands. Yeah. Like, I feel like Friday the 13th actually does that sort of thing really well. Definitely. It's not a whodunit. You're never going like, could one Which of our... one of these people? You're never doing that. Right. But you are going like, there's somebody crazy there and I don't know who could possibly be. Yeah. And you're constantly, <clears throat> your, your, most people's bias would be, this must be some big guy. Right. But right. then when it turns out to be like a later middle-aged woman mm-hmm. who used to be the cook at the camp. In like a cable knit sweater. In a cable knit sweater. Move over Chris Evans and Knives Out. Now this is a sweater. That, now that's a sweater. Yeah. It's it's awesome. And yeah, I, it's I think awesome. she really is great. Yes. And I love the um it's like an inversion of psycho, mm-hmm. you know, where the mu- the music is even very psycho. Oh, it's like a lift yeah. from psycho. Yeah. Um it's all like ring ring yeah. ring but um Mrs. Voorhees, you know, is keeping her son alive at least in her mind mm-hmm. and speaking to herself as her son. That's also so freaky and yeah. so awesome. When they hold on, what's her name? Betsy Betsy Palmer. Palmer. 
they like hold close on her and she's just yeah. looking off in the distance and she's Kill like, them, mommy. Don't let her get away, mommy. And then she just without even her eyes don't change. Yeah. Her posture doesn't change. She goes, Don't worry, Jason. I won't. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, whoa, what's the war going on inside of you? Yeah. It, it's it's really entertaining. And, definitely. And it's scary. It definitely starts going like it's a little like a little bit blah, a little dull, but I'm like st- I'm still into it. I still really like this movie, but definitely on this watch I was like this is like a little like lacking. It's simple. There's yeah. not a, there's not another layer to it. There's not another and I think we expect that like it's not trying to say anything. I'm fine with all that. There's just a, a little bit of a blahness to it. Yeah. Um that is hard to put my finger on. I think it's just like a little just dull is there it's not even boring necessarily it's like a little dull somehow and then in the last like 20 minutes it goes ham and then another crazy thing about it is that usually in these movies like people are aware that there are murders going on like the other people in the vicinity in the town whatever like know there's a killer on the loose they don't know that there's a killer on the loose in like practically until she appears everybody just thinks that everybody is off doing their own separate things in the camp they're not really worried about each other yeah they start to get worried about each other and then even at that point they're like eh, but they're probably fine they're we're probably gonna go fine. look for them but mm-hmm. like they could be doing it somewhere it could be whatever it's only when they finally see a body and the movie is like almost over that they're like ah there's a bad guy here yeah. otherwise it's just people hanging out you're right and i think that's nuts and cool yeah it is kind of cool it all it all takes place on friday the 13th so yeah. they, don't, they don't have an abundance of time they don't cut to the next day where they're like he still hasn't shown up again mm-hmm. if i didn't if you left and i just didn't talk to you for the rest of the night i'd right. be like oh, she's probably watching tv or fell asleep or i'll talk to her tomorrow yeah probably. Mm-hmm. um and so it's perfectly it makes perfect sense yeah um you're right i, I like that something that's interesting about the later se- the, the the immediate sequels uh part two part three and four the mm-hmm. final chapter is that they take place on friday the 13th five years after mrs Voorhees kills people and now it's Jason with a bag on his head. Mm-hmm. Then it's Saturday the 14th uh-huh. in part three. And he gets the hockey mask. Yeah. Then it's Sunday the 15th. Mm-hmm. They're one day right after the next. Yeah. Up until Jason has one killing spree. Yeah, he's and going then to he's, town for the weekend. And then he's killed. Right. On Sunday. Right. And like that's kind of interesting. They're each yeah. a single day. I think so. And so he just, like, racks up an enormous body count one, two, three days in a row mm-hmm. on the Friday the 13th weekend. Yeah. And is put down. He's he's killed. Right. And, and like, I, I don't know. There's something that's kind of interesting about that to me. I think like, it's really cool. I like that. In part three, there's a news report where they're like, we just found out that people were killed yesterday. Right. You know what I mean? You're like, like, whoa, I've been living in this. Yes. How do you not know? And, the, you know, the movies are released, like a year apart or something so it feels like it takes place over a long period of time it's a weekend right it's nothing yeah it's kind of it's kind of novel in that way like michael myers takes a year off right you know yeah sometimes he does it all in one night like he's got to rest and recoup he's like santa where they're like how does santa do it all in one night or michael myers sometimes it's just like later that night if it's halloween it's got to be saw yeah, that's true. Every mm-hmm. year. Every year. Every year, Jigsaw pops out of his hole in the ground, Hello. looks around, sees if he sees a shadow or oh. not. He always does. Oh. And then so he goes killing. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like the I like the first one. I can I yeah. can acknowledge that it is slow and simple, but I appreciate its importance in slasher history. And I think that yeah. does a lot for me. Absolutely. The remake is such an odd case and, and a fun one to look at for the, these purposes sure. of like... 
mishandling of the opportunity a remake can afford. Mm -hmm. With Child's Play, they went back to square one, like went further beyond the story premise. They went to like the sketch on paper. And then like completely reinvented it from there. This, I think, misunderstood the the goal that you could have with a remake. It it plays like a lesser sequel. It plays Mm -hmm. like a forgettable sequel rather than a new launching point. And for that reason, I think it never got yeah a, a follow-up it just wasn't uh successful it no it it's it doesn't it's, have an identity it doesn't make you want more no it's not the worst i've definitely seen worse movies but mm-hmm. it's like not good no, it's blah yeah it's blah and the teenagers are annoying as hell <laughs> yeah it's blah slash annoying yeah it's definitely true um yeah i don't know i'm, I'm curious to see we've got another flavor of uh mm-hmm. reboot yeah remake. coming up next coming up next the the hyper direct yes reboot remake i'm yeah i'm curious to watch these back to back ish or yes. like in such close proximity i found out that uh is it steven soderberg it might be he uh made a, a movie mm-hmm. not really a movie it's called psychos okay he intercuts the original 1960 alfred hitchcock psycho oh with the 1998 mm-hmm um, I think so. Gus Van Sant Psycho. Oh. The title card says starring um, uh, uh, Anthony Perkins, starring Vince Vaughn, hmm. starring Janet Lee, starring. I mean, that's fun. It's interesting. And, yeah. and it's all in black and white. Okay. And one scene might be Janet Lee um, getting ready and packing her bag. Yeah. And then when the camera cuts, it is. Um, Oh, what's her name? Oh, uh, Anne Heche. Anne Heche. Yeah. Uh, and just continuing the, the scene oh. for her. So it, that it seems like treats a fun them thing. like one movie. It's kind of a fun yeah. experiment. It's like an editing right. experiment. Yeah. I, I poked around in that That's for neat. a little while. It's kind of fun. That's probably like cool to do. Yeah. I almost want to put like two TVs side by side. Yeah, yeah. And watch both movies simultaneously. I'm sure that there are like YouTubes that are like split screen like that True. or something. I don't, I don't know that. I don't but... think for all the, all the pomp and circumstance of it's shot for shot, it's not. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just like. Some things are faster. A some lot of are shots are. He inserted new material, mm-hmm. which is weird. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm excited to see it because I know. I think I like it. I haven't seen it in like a long time. Yeah, but I think I like the Psycho remake. I know it gets like dumped on a lot, and for all I know, I'm going to be dumping on it next week. Yeah, but my my vague feeling is that I I don't think it's bad. Yeah, I'm I'm interested. I I, yeah. I don't think I can treat it like a movie. Mm-hmm. I like look at it like a curiosity piece. Kind of. It'd be hard yeah. to watch it as its own entertainment. I don't know. I think it could be both. I'm yeah. not sure. So I guess we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. I'm excited about that one, though. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. It, it feels like it'll be like a nice, like refresher. Yeah. After yeah, this, for sure. You know. Oh yeah, anything would be refreshing <laughs> after the Friday the Thirteenth reboot. This and <laughs> right. Nightmare on Elm Street. They came out like back to back, basically yeah. both Platinum Dunes remakes of '80s slasher, you know, A-list killers, mm-hmm. and it was it was dark times. <laughs> Dark times. I've never seen that. This plus with the Rob Zombie r- remake of Halloween, and it's like I know. I'm glad that we have a buffer week between everything this and in Halloween the in the aughts. Yes, everything's like dark and like slimy. It was rough, slimy and grimy. Hard times. All right. Well, everybody. we will be back next week to talk about Psycho the original and Psycho the remake. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, like we said, go check out debbiedrawsfunny.com for awesome gifts. Yep. You can also go to Patreon.com/slash/gttupod to check out all of our bonuses. We have an entirely second, <laughs> an entirely second. 
an entirely other podcast called the Netherworld Dispatch that comes out every Monday that you can get when you go over there. And we also really encourage you to come back and hang out with us on October 23rd at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on youtube.com slash guides the un- no, excuse me, youtube.com slash GTTU pod for our Demon Drive fundraiser. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be see- showing people a lot of stuff that many people have never seen before. Yeah. Especially the new stuff that nobody has seen. No. Uh, that'll be a good time. Yes. But for people on the, the Patreon, consider signing up today mm-hmm. and you'll get all those bonuses anyway. Yeah. But you'll get access to dozens and dozens of exclusive shows right away. 70 something. Mm-hmm. Uh, just regular episodes of the Netherworld Dispatch plus like one-offs that we've offered here and there besides that just sure. for fun. Mm-hmm. And there's also a Discord which is like an awesome community of people who are talking every single day about all kinds of stuff and it rules it's great Mm -hmm. this past monday we looked at uh, a a slasher parody called stan helsing yeah we've referred to it as the worst episode we've ever made and one of our listeners ashley said that she thinks it's her favorite episode that we've done so i'm glad that it has brought joy people like it when we're in pain yeah they do yeah which is why i think they're gonna love it when we talk about hellraiser on monday that's true we talk about the new hellraiser movie in Mm -hmm. monday's netherworld dispatch yep uh, so come back for that as well. Everything, patreon.com slash GTTU pod. GTTUpod.com is the home of Guide to the Unknown with links to everything, P.O. Box, merch, previous episodes. Yeah. And follow at GTTU pod on all social media to keep up to date yep. with us. You can also follow us. Yep. I am at Chillin' Kristen. I am at The Myth Traveler. So we will see you next week at the Bates Motel. Mm-hmm. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. There's a vacancy. Oh. Cabin one. Is it in your brain? Hey. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs>